What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Diddleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Episode 104. It's a beautiful day here in Las Vegas. If you like it over 100 degrees. Wow. Got Eric on the other side of this thing. Yeah, I'm in New York. It's beautiful here in New York, too. Not quite as hot. Yeah. But, uh, man, I'm already stressing out looking ahead at my calendar for July. Um, I had, like, only a few free days in right. July, and I decided to fill them with random trips. So I'm, like, <laughs> going to go see some shows in Vegas, going to see some shows in Chicago. I don't have time to go see these shows, but I book trips anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you gotta you gotta live life, you know. So yeah. I think that's fun because you work a lot. So yeah, might as well enjoy on the time where you're not. Well, there's also plenty of work in the, this month too. A bunch of magic conventions I'm going to. Uh, uh, I, I'm leaving for a wedding this weekend. There's just life, a lot of life happening. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, it's good to be busy, and uh, I just I'm just gonna focus on trying to make it through this busy busy schedule. So. How are Fantastic. you? What's happening in Vegas? Everything's good here. Uh, we've been uh, slammed at the show. We're in the, uh, in the middle of summer over here. Yeah, we've just been uh, packed out to the to the rafters. I don't know if we have rafters, but it's been <laughs> uh, you know really high energy shows. Really good. Get your tickets uh, ahead of time if you want to come see it. Wow. Um, we had Jeff McBride at the show, which is exciting for. Anyone in magic, I would assume. That, and, uh, I mean, your legendary mentor and friend and pal, and uh, he brought his mystery school? Yeah, so he hasn't been to the show since before the pandemic. Um, let me tell you something. I never get nervous like mm. before shows. I really just don't. Right. Um, I was so nervous with him in the audience. Now, he's been to the show a good number of times, sure. but it's been a while. And for some reason, I was like pacing a marathon throughout the day. In yeah. my house, just walking around in circles, like just nervous about him coming. Why and then, now instead of any of the other times? When, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. And I probably was nervous in previous times too, but mm-hmm. this one felt more. Um, and I'm not sure why. And I, and I believe he's even brought his classes before. So I, yeah. I, I can't put my finger on it. Um, and then I went in early to build in a special lighting cue. So that because I talk about him in the show, yes, and then I perform the manipulation routine, yes. and then I wanted to say something along the lines of, you know, kind of surprising the audience that the story they just heard, you know, w- I wouldn't be here if not for him, which means none of us would be here tonight if not for him, and he's here with us, the one and only Jeff McBride. So we built in a special lighting cue to hit him at just the right moment, have him stand up and do a wave and a bow and. And all of that. Um, now I have a yeah, question. It was like, I have a question because we talked yeah. about this in the past. Did you yeah. tell him ahead of time you were going to acknowledge him? Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> th- yes. that that's uh, consistent with your uh, your 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 approach to that, calling out the celebrities in the audience or whatever. So I just wanted to make sure that you were. Yeah. Thank you for keeping me honest. Um, and that is true. It is a thing. Just that that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I I knew I know that he doesn't mind. I did yeah. also ask him directly right before right. the show backstage if he minded, um, and of course he didn't. Um, but yeah, uh, some of the the backstage magic team like poke fun at the fact that like I 
essentially call out no one during the show. Right. Like yeah. m- my parents, if uh-huh. they're present, or Siegfried of Siegfried and Roy, right. or right. you know, like you know, A-list movie stars. Like literally, the only person period, all that gets a the, shout yeah. out is is Jeff McBride. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But um, it's fitting, right? Because I'm talking about him in the show, so it mm-hmm. makes sense. Right. And uh, there were, uh, it was hard. It's hard to do, and there were people actually, um, you know, part of our internal team holding back tears during the introduction. Wow, of him. that's pretty. Because cool. it really is exciting. Yeah. For me, you know. I bet we could probably. I mean, we've only had two guests in our history of our podcast so far, <laughs> but I bet if we if we pushed, we could probably get. Jeff McBride on our podcast to talk. I, about. I I think it's only fitting that at least like maybe once a month, once every two months, you push to have guests on, and I just go, yeah, we could probably do that, and then we don't do it. <laughs> That's true. It's true. And I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why. You know, it's it just it's just like part of our shtick at this point. Yeah, it is. But I and part of it's scheduling too because we record at a specific time with our schedules and just trying to get a third person. That just it's a whole other story. Yeah, but like but, we yeah. literally never even attempt it. That's true. That is true. <laughs> you act like it's a scheduling thing. <laughs> we're we're preemptively uh, uh, worried about scheduling without even asking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So um. One anyway, of these days. so one of these days. <laughs> yeah, one of these days. Uh, so we had that going on, and then um, then we had Perez Hilton at the show. Oh wow! Yeah, the blogger. Is he still yeah. a blogger? Is that his official title? Like he's in the news so. media, like pop culture news, I think, is that kind of deal. I remember he wrote some sort of uh, thing about me on AGT and it was kind. So that's nice, which is not always the case with him. So <laughs> Right. No, he has like a snarky reputation, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, he's um was super nice. I met him and uh He enjoyed the show, he had fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it seemed like he had a great time. He's in Vegas for a month. Oh, wow. Um, or two months or something. I think last year mm-hmm. he came for a month, and now this year he's coming for two months just because uh, he and his family love Vegas, and he can kind of work from here and yeah. do what he does and right. all of that stuff. But, I mean, he's seen a lot of uh, shows while he's here. I'm sure, right? That's the place to do yeah. it. Well, you, I think you said you were going to be coming out. You were telling me right before we jumped on, you were going to be coming out to see the uh, Carbonaro show. Yeah, that's the goal is to try and catch that before he's gone. I mean, it's and also I know just, he had seen that the in the same week. So I think it's just a cool, unique novelty to see another performer in a in a theater that's known for someone else. Like the fact that Penn and Teller aren't there, I was like, oh, I got to see Carbonaro in that space. It's kind of cosmic that you were talking about coming out to see the show, and I was telling like yeah. I didn't even know that, and I was yeah. actually gonna go on that same night and still very well might so hey that'd be really fun if it's uh if it's all together in that sort of way well i figured we'd connect anyway while i'm out there but um well you know yeah. i don't know with we scheduling it's really difficult <laughs> well you just don't we just can't have a third <laughs> <laughs> so you and i can get together but you know once you throw in this carbonaro guy into the mix i don't know <laughs> Exactly. So uh, that's great, man. So it sounds like you've been having so many guests at your show. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. No, the shows have been going well and, uh, you know, things going smooth. I love mm-hmm. it. It's just like, yeah. and this is seven days in a row this week. So we're we're cranking it out, wow. doing what we do. No days off this week. 
Yeah, it's a seven-dayer because we're going into the the Fourth uh, of July, which I do right. take off. Oh, cool! So that means I work the day before instead, which would normally be an off day. Uh, very Sunday, good, so. very good. Yeah, I um I finished up uh, my run of orientation shows in Connecticut for school, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, they just got better and better as the you know I did them again because again learning that audience that coming in. Uh, there is one the second to last show the audience. I don't know if you've had to deal with this where uh, I, I'm assuming so with Vegas and we might have even talked about it before but when the audience is too rowdy but like not like that they're not there to have a good time it's just that they're too into the show like, yes <laughs> like I definitely yes. had some students that were like like it was bordering on the like and I even ca- had to call this out and I want to c- see how you deal with it if it happens at your show is uh like they were clapping and amazed but also but like too much so that it seemed borderline sarcastic. <laughs> like it was like mm. too much, right? Sure. So, so I had to at one point in the show just be like, "All right, I see you're enjoying yourselves." I was like, "Maybe just tone it down a back a back a bit because it's distracting everyone else's enjoyment of the show." And I think that was how I quickly approached it. <laughs> right. Right. Interesting. Uh, in the moment, but I'm curious wh- how you would approach that situation where the like people are like getting up and like really distracting the people around them and like again, right, like, and not necessarily at the right moments. Yeah, but it's like almost too much. It's like, all right, I've seen my show. I get good reactions. Those reactions seem like you're just you know doing it for the sake of your own attention. You know, <laughs> like right. Was know. the audience responsive to that, or were they just kind of like? looking like not i mean were they responsive to the mm-hmm. ex- ex- excitement of said rowdy people they were uh i would i made a comment once i knew the audience seemed annoyed and distracted by it gotcha right? yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah it's the same was thing it with- like a laugh the first time and then it became too much oh no it was or- there from the beginning but it's just you have to wait till the audience is on your side it's similar with any heckle i think too so the audience was never really with whoever was doing that I feel yeah, I feel like yeah. Well, it was even hard because they took over the whole crowd, like a one pocket of audience. Like everything was just about that section. So I think that's what uh you know, and I was trying to gauge, you know, the other sections and see and they were reacting politely and how, you know, I'm used to an audience uh reacting. Yeah. And good yeah. reactions, but it's just like when it becomes like, oh boy, what is it's like almost like if if it wasn't a college orientation gig, I would have been like, oh, have these people been drinking? <laughs> like, you know, that kind right, of thing. Right, right. But obviously yeah. that's not going to be the case for a college orientation. Or maybe maybe it is. I don't know. Right. <laughs> but, so that's uh, a rare that's a rare sort of occurrence at an orientation specifically because mm-hmm. in many cases a lot of them don't know each other yet. So they're mm-hmm. not like necessarily comfortable to do that. You're not going to get like yeah. a pocket of dudes that are like been friends for right. four years and like yeah. are obnoxious when they're together. Um, so like it, it tells me that instead it's most likely unless they had friends that they went to high school with that happened to be at the same orientation. Yeah, but yeah. like assuming that's not the case, it's more than likely coming from a place of um, insecurity. Yeah, there there also could be just a little bit of awkwardness and like that's maybe they're super jazzed about, <laughs> you know, mentalism shows and just too enthusiastic it was like i liked that attitude like it wasn't detrimental like uh i didn't feel like it was uh you know they weren't enjoying themselves it's just like all right you could tone it i I think part of it's like people not used to being in an audience 
too. So yeah. like again, teaching what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Like um, there's a lot of these jukebox musicals in Broadway, and so I know people get annoyed when people start getting up, dancing, and like singing along, which is like you just don't normally do that in a Broadway show, right? So it's right. like just finding the say, proper yeah, I mean, etiquette, um, right? It's, it's so contextual. So mm-hmm. like I'd really yeah. have to see how it was mm-hmm. happening to know yeah. exactly how I'd handle it. Right. I I think I would have. Um, probably handle it similar 10 years ago to how I would handle it today, except today I'd probably be a little bit uh, gentler yeah. in the handling. But I mean, I would probably address it and um, poke fun yeah. and, or, you know, yeah. like use like irony or sarcasm or tell them settle down or don't make me come over there or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of line sort of fit that like will get a laugh, but also like let them know, okay, <laughs> We we heard you, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think part of it is they might just want to feel heard, or, exactly. you know, um, or exactly. want to be acknowledged. Um, but again, it's really it's it's really impossible to say. I'm sort of guessing without right. the real context. Right. But it sounds like you know, you 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 handle it in a way that that yeah. worked, so to speak. Like I'm just trying to picture. I'm sure it happens more often in Vegas when people are actually drinking as well. But like, do you just have people that are just like? wooing and like throughout your show and it's like this is not the right time to woo or like whatever or like they're just so excited or or they're standing up and trying to get picked when it's like no and just raise your hand or something would be nicer but uh yeah a great way to not get picked by me yeah is to stand up yeah when you when you raise your hand <laughs> assuming it's a moment in the show where everyone's seated mm-hmm. and you're the, you're you're one of the people standing yeah I'm I'm walking right by. <laughs> yeah. It's usually a sign. It's it's that too enthusiastic. You don't know you, you, we we are trying to find the right person in the show that's going to react well, but also not uh you know, but also in a predictable way so that we know the show is going to be good uh you know, every time consistently, right? So mm. some of these wild cards, if you bring them up, they're a little too enthusiastic, they're standing whatever. It's it's kind of like oh I don't know how this is actually how they're actually going to react when the, I actually do the magic you know and then it could be you know some of those elements are fun like we don't want to plan out the reactions but there's ex- expectations I think and yeah I, think I usually say part. something like I love your enthusiasm but sit down or something yeah yeah like sometimes when I borrow a bill from the audience like I'd say once out of fifty times there's someone who thinks it's the right move. To stand up, take out their money, and walk it up to the edge of the stage from wherever <laughs> they happen to be sitting. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, is not the right move. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually had people leave the hundred on the stage and walk away. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, what do you think this is? <laughs> I, I believe that's called a tip at that point. <laughs> You're just like, thank you, and you pocket it. And like, yeah, All right, right. I need- I need someone else who has a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, yeah. At Anywho. least they're not trying to like, you know, string it through your clothing. <laughs> right, like, like a strip show. <laughs> I I had a uh, I had a couple that was really um, probably I'm assuming it was drinking, probably too drunk in in the audience just like a couple of nights ago. Mm-hmm. But they handled it really well. Like I knew they were mm. just way over the edge. Yeah. Um. In fact, like halfway through the show, they they exited and like she was sort of being escorted by the guy. 
Mm. like couldn't really stand up quite right. Right. And I'm assuming there may have been some sort of, as they say, boot and rally because they returned (laughs) about five minutes later and continued to enjoy the show in this state. (laughs) Like, like they were professionals. You know what I mean? Like I know that they knew, boy, we took this way too far, but we're going to stick it out. And I I was proud of them. I mean, yeah, that's, that's just perseverance at that point. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's so funny. Yeah. Like there was way too much wooing in the first 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. but I didn't address it. I actually embraced it and I'm high five in them and, you know, really letting it just build to the energy in the room. Mm -hmm. And then it calmed down, which meant, okay, now it's really hitting them. They're getting a little, you know, losing balance a little bit. Right. And uh, yeah, but it, it turned out being OK. Uh, I did want to say, too, sometimes it sounds like when we're nitpicking some of these audience interactions that like it seems like we're blaming the audience itself. And like there's that rule in showbiz is like the audience is never wrong. It's things mm-hmm. that we can do. So I just want to clarify. We still that's like the blanket like rule as we're performing. But it is interesting with these when you have these little individual incidences and just like oh how can i do that you're not trying to blame the audience themselves but they no. you know audiences are all different and you have to react and respond well to there them. is a line right yeah. so yeah. there is audience etiquette that is a thing mm-hmm. um but also i meant it when i said love your enthusiasm but please sit down yeah i mean it's not it's like a joke yes and people laugh because i'm yeah. like you know it a uh, uh, playfully scolding the person to sit down but I mean it when I say I love your enthusiasm, but please sit down. I mean it. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I do love your enthusiasm, but I didn't instruct anyone to stand at this moment. <laughs> you know? You know what I That's say all. to that, uh, your your approach to this and all your thoughts and comments? Yeah, Matt, you did it. Woo! Great tips. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second to like understand what was just happening. <laughs> I'm not good at because like I'm also seeing you super, clapping. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not good at faking super exaggerated because it just feels weird to me. <laughs> I was gonna say it's also like so unnatural for you. I thought there might have been some sort of medical issue happening. I'm like, what's happening right now? Because I mean, you're the guy who got yelled at for going to the to the taping of the show on MTV wiling out and like getting reprimanded for not wiling out enough yeah, by I the went, producers. I'm like, we need more energy from this table and pointed like right at me. Yeah. It's like a table of three, but just one person sitting there and it's Eric Dittleman. Yeah. Yeah. I was there to support our friend Jacob. We, we talked about that. Listen back to our, one of our guests, one of our one two of the guests. only guests to ever be on the show. Um, there were some cool coincidences that happened uh, in uh, one of my shows that, at um, at the orientation gig. And this happens every so often. And I just, as a mentalist, you take advantage of them because I always say, like, weird coincidences happen all the time. But I'm doing my holiday routine, Matt. And um, the first thing they're thinking of is a Halloween costume. And, uh, you know, I have some byplay. I eventually reveal it. And they were thinking of a dog. Okay. Then I go into the Christmas present which I also make the joke, it could be Hanukkah or anything around that time. Mm-hmm. And their, their present, I kid you not, and they had not talked to each other or anything like this, was a robotic dog. <laughs> so now I've set up that two of the reveals are dogs, and I'm going on to the crush 
So because comedy rule of threes, I just made a joke, and it, luckily it played the way it was. It sounded like, oh, if you're thinking of a dog as your first crush, <laughs> this is going to be too weird. <laughs> right, right. But I do find, like, sometimes you just have weird coincidences that happen, and it's, again, being in the moment and, like, just it was like, all right, how can I either make a joke of this? How can I use this as an effect that yeah. wasn't, wasn't planned? Uh, yeah, just absolute gold that just falls into your lap. I've had yeah. a few of those things happen recently. I can't recall them specifically, but mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, those things like you just can't. You some of them you couldn't recreate if you if you tried, and you shouldn't. Yeah, during the blindfold act too, when I have people draw things, sometimes a you know they're in different parts of the audience that I select the people to draw, so they have no idea what anyone else is drawing, and then uh, they're holding the drawings over my head, and sometimes like. Two, two, or sometimes all three match, and it's the exact same drawing, right? And you just mm-hmm. have to figure out how to play that, you know? <laughs> like, like, all right, well, clearly this is all you all had a free choice, and the fact that you all thought that there, then people really think is like, wow, he influenced them with his mind to choose that one drawing when they're all matching, which is right. you know a whole different effect. But yeah, right. it's cool. It's cool when that kind of stuff happens. And I did love... it hurt that the first two were dog related or no? Like, did that make it feel like anticlimactic in the first two phases, or it doesn't matter because the third one is the? Um, final one? it it built in a nice way because the first one was a dog, but the second one was like it had that added element that it was a robotic dog. So like it was building, building, and then the third mm. one was different. So like it was mm-hmm. establishing a pattern, and then you break the pattern. Uh, right. but, but then to reference that there was a pattern got a laugh, you know, so I was right. It's it just all being aware and, you know, understanding, you know, a lot of a lot of my routines are built off of, you know, three reveals. So a lot of rule of three comedy comes into play if, if mm-hmm. it happens. So, yeah, just uh, backstepping a bit. You were talking about picking people and having it be predictable. This happened to me last night. And in fact, it happens to me somewhat frequently. And I love it. It's like a little spark goes off inside of me when I pick mm-hmm. someone accidentally, inadvertently, uh, who doesn't speak much English. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't realize it until they're on stage and we're like where the engines are going. I love when that happens. It mm. just like it creates so much fun because like genuinely trying to communicate with each other sure. is like is like a fun challenge, but it's also a hilarious challenge because we're both trying so hard. Yeah. And like, oh, I just, I love when that happens. I got so excited last night when I realized that the person on stage, she was like, yeah, trying to communicate very little English. And then I was like, oh, that's what's happening here. And it was just, oh, it's one of my favorite things. And like, I think, I don't know if that's weird. Like, I don't know if other performers would like intentionally shy away from that or not, but I implore you to try it. If you're ever in a situation and you find it, roll with it. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it has to do with your personality and how you approach it. Because I know from just knowing you that you're not like making them feel weird and uncomfortable about no. that fact. And you are just having genuine fun with them and trying to support them and make them shine. So you're not right. like using the humor to make fun of that they don't speak the language or whatever. No, like I'm that. the idiot who doesn't understand what they're telling me. Yeah, which is a great you know? approach to it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're you're just like, this is a funny situation we're in because we're both trying to talk to each other, but we both don't know each other's language. Rather right. than like, look at this person. You know, it could come off real bad if you don't have that attitude, right? If you don't approach it. Oh, for it sure. Well. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. And I've done it a lot at this point. And 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 I learned it in small steps, right? So I learned it in 
I actually learned it in one particular routine, which I don't even do anymore, um, that would, like didn't require a whole lot of them taking heavy instructions. But last night, it was a borrowed cell phone, mm. pretty intense routine where they're going to speak into the microphone later on yeah. in the show. And like, it was, it's, you know, and they, they have to navigate through the audience with me. So it's like a whole, this was a pretty elaborate one, but it went really well. I think, I think her English was actually probably pretty solid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Considering, right. Yeah. So considering she felt like it wasn't, I feel like she understood quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I've kind of started small and now I've worked my way to be able, being able to sort of communicate non-verbally for even more elaborate bits. Yeah. That, that's happened to me at a speakeasy sometimes too, when um, at the table, you never know who's going to be sitting seated there. And mm-hmm. they also don't know necessarily going into the show that they're going to be that close and interacting directly. They think sometimes they're just sitting and watching a stage show before, like, surprise, close up, uh, we're in your face. So sometimes I'll get, like, people who don't speak English, but I'll try and still include them, which is harder to do as a mentalist because everything I do is just talking, right? <laughs> and mm-hmm, it's dealing mm-hmm. with thoughts. But I do a routine with, like, right and left and, like, uh, trying to influence decisions of what goes left, what goes right. But I realized, I was like, I only need to teach them if they don't know the words left and right. That's just two words I have to teach them. And then suddenly they're on board and they get it, right? Right. Um, yep. So I always try to use them for that routine for something simple to get them inclusive. Because I don't want to just ignore them at the table, obviously, because it's small and intimate. I want them to still be able to have uh, you know, an experience at my show. I've also noticed, too, I do a prediction on a phone where I type something in. Sometimes I'll borrow a phone and it's in a you know, different characters than I'm used to on the mm-hmm. keyboard. So luckily on Apple, at least, I know how to change to, to English. But right. um, sometimes I've also typed in uh, the prediction and then it translates the result into uh, the other language. So there's this interesting moment when the person flips over the phone and they're the only ones who can see I was correct because it translated into their language. And I have right. to be like, tell them what it says or t- tell them I got it right. And everyone else who doesn't speak that language gets a, like, a mo- moment of after effect uh, where they realize. So there's almost like two reactions, which is kind of cool. So it's just right. knowing how to play it correctly right. and then uh, and being inclusive and so that everyone has a good time. So, Absolutely. Yeah, that's cool with the technology now too. One of our uh backstage team, uh Marissa is the one who like escorts the person on stage and mm-hmm. like as they do that, this is a series of like small talk, how are you? Where are you from? That sort of thing. And just in case she needed it, she actually like Google translated her list of questions in case she had to have her read it or whatever. Oh, that's but nice. she didn't even need that. Oh, but cool. smart. Very we have smart. A, an amazing team. Yeah, that's great, man. They're the best. Um, I also went to Shakespeare in the Park this week, Matt. Yeah. I've seen a lot of Shakespeare lately, uh, like unintentionally show. There's Do a you show- know how many plays uh, Shakespeare is said to have had? Oh, not off the top of my head. Is that the trivia question for today? No, but it was one that I passed up, and I remember <laughs> the answer. So now, because I'm coming in to stump you today, by oh, the way. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, now I could, I could pivot to that one. <laughs> I couldn't tell you the exact number, but I know there's a lot. Uh, I could probably name. I mean, the histories alone are like you got so many Henrys, you got three Richards. Anyway, so I saw Richard the Third at Shakespeare in the Park. Um, I've never been to Shakespeare in the Park, and it was really cool to see uh, an outdoor stage. And I, I was just taking in all the lighting elements and the production elements of the show. They had a, a rotating stage. So the sets were like these kind of giant spires. And then to get different scenes, they would just rotate them around the circle. 
Sure. And then, uh, which was really cool. Then you have a trap and a lift. So, like, <laughs> I was kind of joking. It was like, at the end of the big battle scene, it was so convenient that everyone died on this little rectangular spot so that they could all be lowered. <laughs> yeah, oh, boy. <laughs> Which was cool. But it's just really cool. They got sta- They have stairs coming up from the back of the stage because they use that because they keep, you see, behind the park, Central Park, and they have lighting that just illuminates the trees behind the stage. It's, like, really gorgeous. Uh, the downsize is there's like a gentle breeze, so it was like a little slow at the beginning. So it's like, oh, this I could see, you know, nodding off in this nice weather with a gentle breeze, right. um, and seeing some of the lights shake and like, oh yeah, we are out in outdoors. So I was just fascinated by that. But then, uh, yeah, the second half is all where the, they were having more fun as actors and uh, and to see, you know, some of that Shakespearean conniving of Richard III. It was just great experience, and I was just trying to take in all the elements of, of this amazing production and this amazing theater outside. So, um, and, and how I can use some of these elements, because I have a couple outdoor gigs coming up, Matt, as well. Uh, just cancel I, those. Just cancel them? Just cancel them. <laughs> well, they're going to be a public gig, and I'll do that more in the, in the plugs uh, with details later, but I'm going to be doing two shows at an amphitheater in Delaware coming up in a couple weeks. So if you're in Delaware, uh, especially stay tuned when I do the full plug at the end. So, yeah. Sweet. Uh, is it that time, Matt? Should we switch over to it is. Diddle, it is. Me Diddle Me This? Diddle Me This. Diddle me that will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles. Okay, this is technically not a riddle. It's uh, it's more of a logic puzzle in a way. Uh, it's actually called a self-referential question. Self-referential. I said that right. Okay, here we go. So uh, I don't think you need to um, write it down. It does help if you write it down. So again, to our driving listeners, uh, if, pull over if you're going to write this down. But uh, you got to fill in the blank Uh with a word spelled out, but it's going to be a number, and you'll see why. So it says, the sentence is this. There are blank E's in this sentence. So you have to fill in the blank with a number, but I need you to spell out the number. So there What are, am I writing down? There are blank E's in this sentence. That's the so sentence. So you want me to write the word blank or leave a blank? You can leave a blank. So there are line. Yep. And then the letter E, like capital E. Yeah. Apostrophe S. Yep. There are blank E's. In this sentence. In this sentence. Okay. All right. Now what do you want me to solve? That's the sentence. So you have to figure out the blank. And the answer is a number? Like, in other words, the number of E's? Yep, the number of E's. However, Mm -hmm. you have to spell out. You can't just write, you know, with the, the numerals. You yeah, have to okay. Spell out okay. the word of right. the number. Well, there are currently one, two, three, four, five, six, seven E's in the sentence. Sure. But if I write the word seven, oh, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, eight. There are two in there, one in R, then the letter E for E's. That's one, two, three, four. Mm hmm. Five, six, seven, because there are three in sentence. Correct. Wait. Yeah, you have it that right. One, yeah, that's two, that's three. you. You've assessed the the without okay. the blank. There are seven. So, okay. So what you would do next is write the word seven. Right, but then you would have nine. 
Correct. <laughs> because of the word seven. if you write seven, nine, there are mm-hmm. only eight. Right. But if you write eight, E-I-G-H-T, you would have eight. So the logic of the process of this puzzle is what I really like best about it. <laughs> it's because mm-hmm. being self-referential, your answers then change the answer. Right. 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 <laughs> so you did it the exact process you're supposed to do is then you write it out and then you reassess mm-hmm. and then you found a new answer. You wrote that in. You reassess because the logic didn't match up for those first two. And then Mm -hmm. finally, when you got to eight, then everything kind of balanced out. And that kind of works. There's some math principles that talk about, uh, they call them like uh, something chains. I don't have the word in front of me right now. Uh, But they're like, they kind of balance out all the possibilities until it becomes stable. Uh, And I just find that really interesting. I was, when I was studying and learning more about referential uh, questions, there was a quiz that I took too that was like, uh, what is the uh, uh, like? There are how many answers have the answer A, and then it's like how many have the like? What is the previous answer from the previous question? So by doing the quiz, your answers are changing the answers for the right. other things until yeah. you can logic it all out where it does finally balance. So mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I just thought that's really cool, and I wanted to share that uh, principle with you. <laughs> so awesome! You nailed it. Let's jump over to trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. And I'm worried because you said you're going to try and stump me. <laughs> Which horoscope sign is a fish? That one's easy. It's Pisces. I'm going to give myself... <laughs> Where was tea invented? Tea? Hmm. Are there choices? Because I'm definitely like more leaning towards like I China, do have choices. China, Japan, uh, maybe. I mean, obviously the UK is very well known for tea, but I feel like that's an import from China. Or Japan. Uh, what are the choices? England, USA, China. I'm going to go with China. <laughs> which of the following languages? Right? <laughs> which of the following languages has the longest alphabet? Oh, okay. Longest meaning number of letters? Yeah. Okay. Greek. Mm-hmm. Russian. Yeah. Arabic. Hmm. So the Arabic alphabet is what we use. That's like the English language alphabet with all the Arabic letters. Right? Is that what we're talking about? Or are we talking um, about like actual, I don't know what the um, the actual name of writing. I think you're on the right page. Yeah. I feel like, mm, like we have a couple letters that take up like, like C and H makes the ch sound. Of course, together. So I'm wondering if there's other language systems that have that as a separate letter. I know Greek has some of those, like phi and so forth, make those sounds. But I feel like they have less. Like we have C and K, 
to then C does like more things, and I know nothing about the Cyrillic alphabet. Like, I think this is just about number of letters, no? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm so saying like, some of the letters make certain sounds, and some of them we combine, and some of our letters do double duty. So that's how I'm trying to deduce gotcha. how many letters. I'm going to say the uh, Arabic has the most. It does not. Oh, I, well, maybe I have my logic wrong as, <laughs> as well. Uh, so then I'll say Russia. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving that, although I need this as well. <laughs> how many questions are we doing? Because I'm two for three so far. So do you want one more? Yeah, I mean, unless you just want me to come out on top and your stumping didn't quite work. <laughs> well, until, until this last question. I'll 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 let you have one more if you want it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then if you get it wrong, I'll give you a tiebreaker. I gotcha. Fair. All right. <sighs> Only because you did the riddle so fast. What <laughs> spirit is used in making a Tom Collins? You know, I should know this as a former bartender. Tom Collins. Why don't I remember you being a bartender? <laughs> I did this in college before you met, maybe? Yeah, I know. I just feel like I've never even heard about this, but okay. Um, Tom Collins, I feel like it's got to be like, that's a pretty standard drink. Like, no one I know orders it now. I definitely didn't order it at a college bar. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that, that explains maybe not remembering or knowing it. People would be like, yeah, pour me a draft of this. Or they'd literally name the ingredients in like rum and coke. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you didn't have to make too many fancy drinks. Uh, but I want to say my gut says gin. Is it gin? That is correct. <laughs> um, so we don't well need done. the rubber match. <laughs> well done. Yeah, man. Uh, um, that was I fun. Saw, I saw a... Uh, now, look, obviously, we both come from, from AGT, and we don't talk about every single uh, magic that, that appears on the show because it's quite a bit of it over the years, although I did see a really cool act. I'm not sure if you saw it. A French magician? This is on this current season. That's what, like, they're in, like, their fourth or fifth round of auditions right now. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest. Uh, I have not seen, and even, like, clips I haven't seen much oh, okay. of. Uh, I know there were French magicians, and I saw just a thumbnail, but I w- hadn't had time to watch it, where they were kind of using um, like projection on a screen, maybe. I'm not yeah. quite sure what was happening. So you haven't seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I was hoping you would have, t- maybe to be able to describe it, because I'm not even sure exactly <laughs> how to put it into words, but I can try. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you haven't really seen any AGT magic this this time around yet. I haven't seen many AGT at all except for one clip, and I'm going to give a little plug because I don't know how far he's going to go. But my uh, just for our listeners here, my former roommate is on the show this year. Uh, you got to go and cheer on my buddy. He's a very funny comedian, Chris James. And he was uh, at the beginning of like the comedy segment on episode four, maybe. of yep. uh, It aired last week. Uh, and uh, he was great. He got four yeses to go through. So, uh, you know, obviously with the show, who knows what that means exactly. <laughs> Sometimes the people who are showed don't necessarily show up in the later rounds. Uh, right. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for him. I, it sounds like he got a good response. Uh, so when we see him in the next round, hopefully, uh, you know, cheer him on. And Did they show his set or just kind of montage They showed most of his set. He mm-hmm. had some interaction, I think, with the judges that they, um, they cut that down as well. Mm-hmm. And they showed, like, you know, maybe – they didn't show the full thing, obviously, I think. But they showed – like, Was there, like, a video package or – Not a full uh, – it was more of, like, 
comedians are chatting about how tricky it is to be judged and they showed like three or four so it was a little bit of montage but mm-hmm, you did mm-hmm. get a decent amount like five minutes of airtime so yeah pretty good awesome pretty good stuff so i'm excited for chris james so look out for him vote for him if he gets to the later rounds i have no clue we're gonna see uh when that happens so yeah yeah so you know i uh i've only this is kind of the one that really caught my attention uh this is a guy sitting at a table but like the table itself, it's almost like you're watching like a bird's eye view yeah. of like his hands on this table, kind of like if you were watching like a coin matrix or something. Um, when I first like the saw t- the the thumbnail of it, and again, I'm going to go back and watch it now that we're discussing it on the show, mm-hmm. on our show, uh, it reminded me on my season, we had the sand painter. So he yeah. was kind of like yeah. making scenes with sand. So it was top down. But now it seems like it's using a lot of this projection that people have been doing on the scrims for dance groups, but like kind of putting it on a pad, like a close-up pad and interacting with it is the little bit I saw, but tell me. Yeah. Now now that you mention it, it it must've been projection, but like in the moment I was watching it, I was just enjoying it. I wasn't really analyzing Mm. what I was seeing. I was just because it, you know, I, my my belief was suspended, if you will, right? Well, I could be wrong too. Again, that was just my. Well, first yeah, it could instinct. have been LED. I don't know. I don't know. You know, yeah. but it, you know, now that you mention it, maybe it was projection. You probably can tell by watching it. You know, if it's projecting onto his hands when they're mm-hmm. there. But basically, it was this whole magical visual experience where you're basically just seeing magic happen all the time, and like it's unclear on which magic is happening via sleight of hand and which mm. magic is happening digitally, and it's like interacting together, um, and it was beautiful and well done, and like everything appeared to be like so well-timed, and I don't just mean like, you know, plucking the projected moon into a real moon that you're holding in your hand, like good timing. I mean like just like where all the moves were and the misdirection, mm-hmm. and like those things I can sort of feel even when, um, even when my... I'm suspending my disbelief. I just know, oh, that's perfect timing. I just yeah, know that was done yeah. just right. Um, occasionally, I can feel those things. Um, it was really enjoyable. I implore you to check it out. It was very different from anything I've seen mm, that's um, great. in quite some time. Kind of reminded me of Marco Tempest a little bit, if you've seen some of his sort of mm-hmm. high-tech work. Um, but outside of that, it's tough to really compare it to much. Now, I'm definitely going to go check this out and uh, and kind of see for myself. But just off of your impressions of this piece, and unfortunately, I don't have the name of this person in front of me. Likewise. You know? Yeah. So we'll, we'll add this to next episode where we'll talk about it. Because I was already going to have as a goal for next week is like, Catch up on the magic that's been on AGT. Yeah, we have to. We're gonna be skipping goals this week. I don't know. I didn't even tell you that. All right. Okay. Cool. We'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> I'm just but, kidding. Uh, but, <laughs> but um, but I'm curious for you, Matt. Do you think this blend of like technology and magic does it create this overall sense of wonder that sounds like that they were going for? Obviously, or do you think one element blurred with the other? takes away from the wonder of just the pure sleight of hand magic. What are your thoughts? Because I know you've also worked with screens and kind of combined the two in in your show at different yeah. points. So right. what, are your, what are your thoughts on blending tech and magic? And if it just kind of, does it cheapen the magic because everyone just thinks it's all CGI? Or is it just an overall experience of wonder combined together? What are your thoughts? I, I thought it was unique and beautiful. Um, and I think it, it's great because... 
Uh, sleight of hand works both ways. Uh, for example, I did card manipulation as a multimedia combined experience where I'm throwing cards into the screen. And um, frankly, people's response to that w- were positive. And then I've since eliminated that element and been doing a more simplistic approach to it, which you've seen. Um, and frankly, people have been positive to that change. So, you- so it's really weird. So you're A-B testing. You both got positive results <laughs> by doing yeah. it one way yeah. and the other. Could yeah. You, could you, can you tell if there's more of a connection without the screens? Or it's like they like one for different reasons than the other? Like I think is, that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. Hmm. Um, you know, even Jeff McBride said it. He's like, no, I, I really liked it. I really, you know, he specifically brought up the, the change on that. Yeah. But I also remember him saying you know, how great the use of the screens was before. Right. But now that you see it without it, you go, oh, I might like this better. But like, maybe, I'm not mm-hmm. sure, mm-hmm. you know? So sometimes things are a change and they, it's subjective and maybe not better or worse, but a matter of preference, right? Um, but in this case, with this this uh, performer on America's Got Talent, I thought it was just beautiful. I just, oh, how cool was this? It was so cool yeah. and everything was surprising and well put together and there was like, a little bit of a storyline to it, but it was just, it was very cool. I need to watch it again. I only watched it one time and uh, I watched it on, you know, however big our iPhones are these days, a few inches (laughs) big or whatever. Tiny screen. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I was able to intake this beautiful uh, piece of magic. Yeah. Yeah. James Cameron will not be happier watching uh, art on a tiny phone screen or whoever these big Hollywood directors who who gripe about that all the time. Is that Uh, a director? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I almost <laughs> asked you a question about a movie director, but I didn't because I figured it would be too easy as well. Fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's a couple different ways. So, yeah, I, I definitely want to check out some of the AGT acts. Um, I want to see how we're doing on time. Yeah, I want to bring this up because I've, I've been reading a bunch of magic books. I'll go with the more positive topic rather than me griping about another thing. Well, I think you should gripe because last time the everyday carry thing – <laughs> really got a rise out of people, and Jeff McBride did a an online That's you true. know webisode of his uh, his Everyday online carry. show this week on Everyday Carry. Yeah, I believe someone mentioned our podcast in the the, the comments of his. No, they uh, didn't of his post on Facebook. Oh, I forgot to tell you, a couple of the students actually at the class because I spoke to the class uh, the following day after the show. Uh, in like there was sort of a little bit of a Q and A, and they said "funky" before asking the question. That's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So, so, any new listeners know that you could uh, always hit up Matt on his Instagram, right? Yeah, Instagram. If you want me to read your Instagram message, because I'm not able to get to every message that comes through, but I prioritize uh, any. I do get to the ones that just start with the word "funky" in all caps because I know it's from yeah. you. Yeah, from our listeners, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll do a quick gripe. Maybe we'll hit on the other topic as well, or okay. save it as well. But um, we'll see how long this gripe it goes. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's just I see a trend, and again, I can't. I I'm not gonna judge this person too hard or these types of people too hard because I don't know their experience level, their age, or whatever. But I see a lot of times in these Facebook groups of magicians just blatantly asking, not for for just help or guidance but they're like asking people to do their act for like come up with their act for them so i've Uh, seen some of this i think i know what you're talking about so what you're talking about is someone goes i'm doing a halloween show next week which trick should i do yeah i like that 
one example was like they asked for a five minute piece of propless mentalism and the, they did add like hey not someone else's routine you know so that was that's a start that's good but mm -hmm. like to to not be able to like like the whole point of performing for me is like to come up with your own voice and your own take on things so that requires you to you know do your own research find what works for you try things out um and and again, maybe I'm just assuming because it does happen so often that this person was asking for specifically, what should I do? Write my act for me is how one could read that. But maybe they were also just being like, can you recommend some sources? Uh, I just I just don't know why a lot of people are asking others to do the work, you know, the mm. hard work for them. We uh, don't have enough time to even to even <laughs> do this topic today because this could just this is a good yeah, one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Right. Well, I played my own devil's advocate in that as I brought it up as well, but sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, no, but I, 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 I know what you're, I guess I will play both too, because I yeah. know what you're saying, but right. um, at the same time, I'm sure I've asked stupid questions, although I, I oh mean, yeah, definitely. Social media is more than it was years ago, but like I probably asked Johnny Thompson questions that were like, yeah, well, why are you asking me that? Right. Right, right, right. And that's why I said I'm giving them benefit of doubt because of I don't know the experience level. I don't know the age of this person. Uh, but w well, Although it, Johnny would never say, why are you asking me that, by the way? Right, Just right. To, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, when I see, like, oh, the littlest bit of effort can be put into this to solve your own question, that's the part that I have a hard time with because it's like, just just do it. Like, there's an, another thing, too, where people are uh, – another group where people ask for lists for a thing. And it's like, can can someone give me a list of, you know, movies or whatever? And it's like, you you just need to put in the time and go through Wikipedia, find movies, right? Like, people right. are looking for the easy answer out. It depends things. how much yeah. thought they put into it yeah. before they before they ask that question. Because if they've true. been racking their brain for two weeks, yeah, that's uh, you true know, too. couldn't come up with anything, and then and then came out with it, sure. Or did they just think of it and go, "Oh, this is the easiest." You know, let me just have someone else do it, and I'll post this on a Facebook group. I guess it's two different things. But I mean, everything is built on something. I was watching some mm -hmm. YouTube uh, video the other day. There's a guy. I think his name is Adam Neely. I think. I think, and he's a musician. Music teacher music expert so to speak and like has these videos his most popular videos are videos where he talks about uh lawsuits in music so like it'll be like mm. for example there was one recently there's a famous song called levitating right now it's from the past couple of years by dua lipa i'm so embarrassed i don't know if that's how you actually say her name i actually she's like super i know this uh lawsuit yeah do like, you know that her name is that how you say it i believe it's dua lipa lipa Lipa, lipa. I don't yeah, know. Um, uh, anyway. Yeah. You're but, uh, aware of the lawsuit. I'm aware of the lawsuit because there's a specific melody or of that uh, happens during the chord changes that appears in other songs. So there's... It appears that the, the group that sued them is from like Delray, Florida. Mm -hmm. Not a huge name, but and you listen to the song side by side, they sound very similar. Right. Did you happen to listen to both songs or I at did. least a clip? I listened to both songs and then I saw part of the argument where they found another song that this first group that's suing clearly could have taken it from as well. But it's also right. something that's like so common that I believe like the ruling was like this could just be any song really like. Well, yeah, and it's it, it's interesting because this guy has done this for a few different lawsuits that have mm -hmm. taken place in the music world. And um, 
he doesn't just go, oh, yeah, well, Outcast had the same thing here, and then this person had the same. Mm-hmm. He goes all the way back to, like, Bach. Mm-hmm. And, like, he'll, he'll, he'll yeah. show you the history on everything. And it honestly reminds me of Johnny Thompson, yeah. uh, the late Johnny Thompson, because anytime, like, a magician would be like, oh, this person stole this from me, he'd mm-hmm. be like, what are you talking about? That goes way back right. before that person. This and then is before built that on person. that. This is built on that. This is built on that. Yeah, yeah exactly. so this, this musician's stance typically from the videos I've seen is usually like for the case of like, you know, he's not, he's not arguing for theft, um, but he says, look, everything's built on something. Essentially, everything is a remix. Yeah. Um, and the person that's claiming it was stolen from them is it's derivative of something before them. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Good For You is a song by Olivia Rodrigo. That's another one that, mm-hmm. like, um, is being, you know, under accusation of stealing from Paramore. Right, right, business, right, 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 yeah. And those songs sound super, super similar, and I do believe that Paramore gets paid on that song now. Um, But he broke that all down and showed, like, what his opinion was on it and all the other songs that have the same melody, but right. because they're not both, like, female singers at the similar age with that teenage angst vibe you don't notice that they're the same right. song right and i <laughs> mean know? most songs are based off the like pop songs are based off the same four chord progressions you know like, right 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 and he goes into so, all the details on that but um mm-hmm. so anyway i i little bit of a, a side tangent on it but super interesting and sort of tied yeah. into yeah everything's built on something so if this person doesn't know where to start and they need a routine to start with by all means yeah. you know well, to, to use your music metaphor, I think the thing that drives me crazy about these types of questions, again, get with without giving them the benefit of the doubt, like mm-hmm. I said, I am giving mm-hmm. them the benefit of the doubt. But like, if someone uses the metaf- the metaphor of music to be like, "Hey, Matt, I have a concert coming up this weekend. Um, write a song for me." <laughs> you know, like that's right. the part that it seems like they're doing is like. I Which songs you. should I play? Like, I'm going to do cover songs. Which ones should I play? I feel like a musician in the music world would be like, well, what songs do you like? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which is why I'm, again, approaching this kind of comment with, like, trying to be, you know, uh, nice and gracious to be like, yeah, maybe they're just looking for resources. But it's like, you have your own individual taste. And that's why people are coming to see you, is to see what you like and what you want to present and what you want to say. So to... To then kind of outsource that to a group to be like, what do I like? It's like, well, we don't know you, so you only you can answer that. And that's where right. I think I'm like, put in the work, just put in a little effort, you know? Yeah. yeah so what you're saying, I can understand why it would sound like <laughs> crabby, but like yeah. I understand that you're actually trying to motivate. You exactly. Know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not mm-hmm. a full gripe. A little bit. It's not a full gripe. <laughs> I mean, the hate mail is already being written right now. I mean, we, we, it's like just on its way. They're going to hit send any second now. Well, Matt, we should uh, wrap up with some uh, goals. Yeah. How'd you mm. do on the Carlin doc? Not I had happy. two goals, didn't I? <laughs> and meditation. Yes. Okay. This is sad, brother. This is really you sad because I was either. on an 80 day streak of meditating every day. Wow. And the other night, I was up and I was having such a good time um, working on some different things. I looked at my phone and it was 1237 after midnight and I had missed the day. Wow. That's so like, that's like missing a wordle and breaking your streak. It was like making it a goal <laughs> on this podcast actually 
jinxed me. <laughs> I had gone 80 consecutive days without missing a single day of doing, you know, a formal seated practice of meditation. And as I soon as you said and it. And I missed it. <laughs> so this week, what is your anti-goal, Matt, so that you accomplish it? I got to get back on the horse. <laughs> I, I also didn't watch the Carlin documentary, by the way. I literally had already copied and pasted it to just re-put in for this week's call. <laughs> I, I didn't watch Carlin, although I did watch on HBO the uh, Hacks the next season. Oh, yeah. It's fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. You liking it? Vegas? Seeing Vegas in that light? Oh, they're well, on this, the road. This, this yeah. year, they're, this, this season, to change it up, they're on the road. They're on yeah. tour for most of the time. Yeah. Did you give yeah. any flashbacks of being on the road? <laughs> the tour um, life? Well, no, my road life uh, was not like, um, what is her name in the show? Yeah, uh, I can't think of it right now. Like but, uh, her tour bus is a yeah, mansion, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never, I've been on the road. I still am on the road, but I've never had a tour bus, you know, that kind of lifestyle. Uh, right. It's a lot of And flights, even if so. we did, it wouldn't be a mansion like that. Yeah. No, seriously. Like, I, I mean, those are, that's those pretty are rare. Cute. Yeah. I know. Uh, so I'm just going to carry over your goals. Is there mm -hmm. anything else you want to add? Um, no. Well, I have to change it slightly. Meditation's back on the horse. I like that. Back <laughs> on the horse. And uh, you? I nailed every single one of my goals here. Uh, in contrast. <laughs> <laughs> I read some magic books, two, in fact, uh, in the week. So that's Are you going to share good. what they were for? so I know? Uh, yep. Uh, one of them I wanted to talk, uh, one element for next week. Uh, one is the ABCs of magic. It's an essay, uh, based off a lecture from Rob Zbrecki. Oh, cool. Uh, so he talks about different performance elements. He did a lecture basically going through each letter of the alphabet and talking about some sort of element of performance and stagecraft, uh, which is cool. And then um, Nick DeFat's uh, Offbeat is another magic book I read. And there's some really good essays in there that apply to, uh, you know, performing and comedy especially. Uh, so definitely some fodder for the podcast we can discuss as well. Uh, and then some great tricks. Like some of this is like a lot of magic stuff that I would never perform. But just seeing mm -hmm. how someone routines and comes up with the bits and like adapts them to their own style uh, is really fun to see. And it was one of these... Maybe I've just been reading too many mentalism books that are all really heady all the time. But I was like, mm -hmm. this is a fast read to like actually go through and like picture like the handlings and the sleight of hand on a lot of things. And right. Go gorgeous photos throughout. So I recommend the book. Uh, well, yeah, a it's a lot. fast read. If you only imagine the sleight of hand handlings, if you attempt <laughs> them, it becomes a much longer read, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're constructing some of the gimmicks and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a couple of mentalism pieces in there that are fun. And again, it's really interesting because uh, last week we talked about separating the character from the material like in a lecture format. But it's also interesting to see a performer who uh, creates material that's so specific to them that like you're like, oh, I can totally know all about this person based off of their material. But again, you can always pull out the, the, the methods or the, the techniques and adapt them to your own persona. But when you're talking about full routining, it's, it's fun to see how when someone really knows themselves and what works for their style. So, uh, so I guess my goals this week, I'm going to, I mentioned it earlier, the AGT magic, uh, check that out so we can discuss it on the podcast, um, from the season and then yeah. <laughs> survive this month. <laughs> yeah. Can that be, can that be a goal? <laughs> it's going to be a fun month for you. 
uh, survived the month, so uh, I am going to have a little bit of downtime and just enjoying this wedding in Vermont. Uh, so uh, I'm going to bring some more books with me. So I'm going to do continue to read. So we hope that you seeing Eric achieving his goals motivates you to achieve yours. And seeing me not achieve mine, um, we hope that that allows you to go easy on yourself when sometimes you just don't get to what you wanted to get to. Yeah. Treat yourself the way you would treat a friend. Or that uh, that frustration you had of admitting you didn't achieve your goals, maybe that'll drive some people to... to get to their goals so they don't have to feel that frustration <laughs> be gentle with yourself see now i need to take yeah. my own advice there you go there you go absolutely uh plugs matt oh uh just come on out come on out and uh come on out and see the show uh i'm in las vegas at the link at the matt franco theater you can set mm-hmm. up a shout out on cameo if you like uh you can hit me up with a message on instagram if you just want to tell me something or say hello and just use the word funky uh, yeah. In all caps, as your first word, and I will, uh, I'll read your message and hopefully send you a fun reply or a funky reply. There you go. There you go. Uh, you can uh, see me. I don't do many public shows, like full shows, uh, but on the uh, uh, July sixteenth, so coming up soon, in Selbyville, Delaware, uh, at the Freeman Arts Pavilion. I'm doing two shows that day. One's a morning show at 10 a.m., another one's at 7 p.m. So if you want to figure out details on all that, you can go to freemanarts.org, F-R-E-E-M-A-N arts, A-R-T-S dot org. Uh, you can also visit me at my website, ericdittleman.com, if you want to book me for any private events or corporates or colleges or whatever. Uh, and then uh, occasionally I'm at Speakeasy Magic uh, sporadically, so if you'd, if you'd go that's another public show you can always check out if i'm not there you're gonna enjoy the show regardless <laughs> but uh you might happen to catch me there as well They'll know if you're there by your socials anyways yeah usually as well and then uh and then if you want to support us as well you can visit our patreon uh at mind over magic po- uh you can visit our website mind over magic podcast.com but our patreon is patreon.com slash mind over magic podcast and uh people are loving the 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 perks there matt uh one of my Goals not only to read magic books, the exercise. I exercised a bunch uh, with my VR, but also the video vault. I've been adding a lot of videos of ours to the video vault. Uh, my whole AGT run is up there now. We got clips from you from uh, Late Night with uh, the Carson Daly show, mm-hmm. uh, Harry Connick Jr., uh, some Access. Uh, is it Did Access I send you? Yeah, okay. I, I got yeah. to send you some more. Still more to be added as well. Uh, both of Did our I send Ellen, you Ellen or no? Yeah, I'm gonna okay. add both of our Ellens to it soon. Um, your full magic special. I gotta figure out how to upload that yep, as well. Yep. So uh, it is AGT, a really. I gotta send you that stuff mm-hmm. too. Your original yeah. AGT. I think we have. I have your collab, but I haven't posted it yet with uh, Dustin. Oh, I just sent you one. Okay. Yeah, from from okay. last year, two years ago. Lots more years. to come. Lots more. So uh, you know, lots of clips. It's gonna be the hub for watching old TV spots of ours, plus other little surprises. I did a little backstage tour of Speakeasy. You can check out um, yep. a little. Yeah, I posted the little pencil magic trick you did on our uh, p- from our podcast uh, when we were that. just recording here. So, uh, yeah, we're having a blast. We're having a good time. So if you want to check us out and check out the perks over there, uh, once again, that's patreon.com slash mindovermagicpodcast. And visit us at our socials at mindmagicpod. 
And speaking of Patreon, we got to thank our producers. So let's give a big shout out to Dr. Bob Baker, James Dawson, and Jesse Miller. And thank you, Alex, our king of the website. Thank you to Alex, who's been helping us with our website. And if you want to be thanked at the end of our episode at that producer tier, you could check that out as well. Or you could just sign up for one of the other tiers and get those perks. But uh, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate you being here. And thanks. I believe it is now over. Only took us hundreds of episodes, but we have an official ending. (laughs) 